Hi everyone, this is Nora, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona. The episode you're about to hear was recorded in a different space than usual, because I was cat-sitting, and I forgot what it was like to record in a place with central air conditioning. So, uh, my voice is going to sound a little bit flat, but should be fine, and I hope you enjoy the episode uh, for the month of July. Autumn has decided to take a break from podcasting, so instead, the rest of this season, at least, of Pardon My Franchise, will have a variety of fun, cool, interesting guests appearing to watch Dungeons & Dragons movies with me. I hope you enjoy the episode, and uh, thanks for listening. Button's hit. The button is hit. Roll for damage. I don't know what that means. I do know what that means. I've just never... <laughs> I don't know anything about D&D. We're going to have to navigate that. Welcome back to Pardon My Franchise. I'm Nora. I'm joined by M. Hi! I'm Autumn, again. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep replacing Autumn everywhere. Uh, we're here to, to watch a uh, Dungeons & Dragons movie, but I have a very rambunctious cat in the room, more so than usual. Cause I'm I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Different cat. Different cat. Much smaller. Uh... We watched Dungeons and Dragons: Wrath of the Dragon God. Uh, we did. Two thousand five direct-to-video film. Uh, th- so this came out on the Sci-Fi Channel first. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's that's the mark of quality. Uh, it's true. Uh, I this, in, in preparation for this, I did not watch Dungeons and Dragons 2000. So good, you you lucked out on that front because this is a much better movie. That seems not impossible, but surprising to me. Um, because I I will say I think this movie's all right, but it's a bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that is true. I just think the the ceiling is higher. Uh, no, the the floor is higher. The other one, the the floor of this movie is I, higher I just, than that the, is that is basically my main reaction to it. I'm like this is like shoddy and cheap, and most of the acting is terrible. 
but there's nothing truly offensive about it. It's just kind of pleasant. I just watched it and I had a pretty good time. There's no part of this that doesn't make sense in context with the rest of it. Whereas the first movie had a lot of disparate parts that didn't uh, you know really what? that's not true half the party seemingly dies off screen and is in the final scene like in heaven maybe the the, the dead guy is with them and i don't know what that's supposed to mean uh he got better okay <laughs> but he fucking died died for real died uh yeah more so than any of the others yeah they the wikipedia is like oh they're in the outer planes i was like i don't know what that means is that heaven is that dnd heaven oh okay i didn't yeah, that is what that means. The movie does not expound upon this. It's just, hey, everyone's here. <laughs> so there are a lot of outer planes. It's the great wheel that surround uh-huh. the material plane, and they all have alignments. And like what afterlife you get is dependent on your alignment. Although the idea that uh, the rogue and the wizard both had the same alignment, it doesn't make any sense to me. Um. They're, they're all good. I don't know. Is that, That's the good neutral, or that's the lawful, <laughs> that's the grid, right? The grid everyone refers to. Yes? Yes, but there's four extras. What? It's like there's 12 or 16. There's like a few more planes than you think. Like there's more good planes and more evil planes. Oh, okay. The, you I, thought you were, I thought you were telling me there were secret alignments that I'd never heard of before. <laughs> and I was no, like, what no. are you talking about? <laughs> where where does Planescape Torment happen? That's my one D&D uh, touchstone. Here, let me, let me show you the picture here. Okay. Uh, copy this image to you. Uh, and I'll put it in... Do we have a franchise? You just put it in bag end. That's fine. Bag end. So, you can see... Oh, Christ. Material plane in the middle, overlapped by the Feywild and the Shadowfell, then the four elemental planes uh, of, of their elements. Then there's the upper planes and lower planes. These are all the afterlife planes. Um... Astral plane, negative, positive. So the Outlands is the neutral outer plane. You can think of it as like the board that all these are on, like the bigger circle. Mm -hmm. And so stretching up from the center of that is an infinite spire. And at the top of that infinite spire is the uh, halo that is uh, 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 Sigil. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, enough. <laughs> um, so, uh, if I had to guess, I would say that the one we saw was probably Arborea or Bitopia. One okay. of those. Probably Arborea. Um, but regardless, uh, let's start at the beginning. Rather wait, wait. Than, I'm looking at that. this picture. Why does the nine yeah. hells look like a, like a neo-gender symbol? <laughs> That's a good question. I didn't notice that before. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Maybe it's they. It's related to crosses. Maybe they yeah. wanted to put crosses. Probably, in there. but that's not how I read it in twenty twenty three. I'll tell you what. <laughs> um. So this is a movie that takes place one hundred years after the last one that we watched, uh, Damodar. The uh, right-hand man of the wizard Profion in our, in our last film. 
is uh, a zombie man, and then he fixes that by stealing a magic evil orb. Uh, two points. I, I'm just going to keep interrupting you. Um, yeah, sure. This is just like Castlevania immediately. Every hundred years, Damodar is returned. Um, so having <laughs> so not watched the first movie, he's not the main villain of the last movie. He's like his like lieutenant, right? Is that the implication when you said that? Yes, and he also is like... He has like a, a, a Botany Bay in him, in his head. Okay. Um, that is forces him to be evil or else it causes <laughs> okay. him pain. All right. Uh, but then I guess that's just part of him now. Cause I was like, something. I was like, this guy's great. He's the best part of the movie, like bar none. Um, <laughs> but I couldn't imagine him being the like heavy in a movie with like real actors. Yeah. It's him in purple lipstick and he's serving uh, Jeremy Irons. There we go. That's, that's exactly the key I needed. Yeah. Um, but he is still ambiguously undead, question mark. Okay. Uh, he, he's gathering power. And we meet our hero, Lord Beric. A, uh, what, what class is Beric, would you say? Um, well, he's like a, he's a, he used to be a knight, basically, like a sword master. Mm -hmm. And now he's a fucking efficient of this village and so he's just the most retired dad he looks like he should be in a sitcom and he's got a wife that's way too young for him i don't know what class that is <laughs> it's a fighter okay um he the thing is that he needed a beard because when he has that banter at the beginning with his former student they his look student looks close. yeah they look at five years apart <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah it's like an upperclassman yeah, he just uh, has like he, he just has like Disney Channel dad vibes to me. Yeah, yeah. He has a wife whose name is Melora, not to be confused with Melora, the goddess of magic in a different D and D setting. Okay, sure. Don't know what that don't know what that is. <laughs> um, and uh, they still have he he's got an extremely hot wife. Like, there's no reason for him to have pulled a wife like this. <laughs> Uh, maybe he just rolled an 18 charisma or something. Yeah, I guess so. Cause he's like running a staples, but the staples is a village and she's like, I'm going to channel, I'm going to revolutionize magic by learning divine magic. Yes. Uh, which nobody's ever done before. Nobody's learned how to pray. Despite the fact that there are clerics in this movie, there's a cleric in the party. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically this guy shows up after we establish, um, he's getting old She's trying to learn new magic and also trying to like become part of the um Mage's Guild. Supreme Close enough. Court. Yeah, Mage's yeah. Guild. Uh in the, we established in the first movie that this country is ruled by like a, a senate of wizards in oh, okay. like this big cathedral, but that they don't have the budget to shoot there anymore. So it's been downsized. Um a guy shows up and he's like, This cave's evil. And they go in, and it's full of poison gas, and then they clear it out, and then they realize that it has a sleeping dragon in it. <laughs> yeah. They really should have known. He literally pokes the dragon in the eye, like, oh, what is this strange rock? <laughs> um, so, they... I think they look in the book. Yeah. Or... Melora's like, if we could read these runes, maybe we'd have a solution. And channels a bunch of runes, and it goes really badly for her. 
Because she gets, she gets, she gets cursed. The, she gets uh, the makeup that was on Damodar put on her slowly. Yes. Uh, so she's going to be become undead. Uh, but they need to find a pool? The pool of sight. Yeah. So They just start throwing out the MacGuffins that will help them get Damodar. <laughs> they need to go to the pool of sight so that they can scry Damodar. And once they've scryed Damodar, they can teleport to Damodar... Uh, because you need to have seen a place in order oh, right. to cast yes. a teleport spell. <laughs> uh, this is this is um, plot relevant, actually. I was like, who cares? But no, this this matters. And so they decide to assemble a party of champions that is small enough to remain undetected, but strong enough to defeat Damodar. And we have Lux, the barbarian, Dorian, a cleric of Obenhai, Ormeline, a an elf wizard. Nim, a thief. So, so Lux has got like, she's she's tall, um, and she's got like video game tattoo three on her face. <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. Um, Dorian doesn't matter. He's the cleric. He dies. He also has a dumb tattoo. Yeah, this is way dumber. Um, <laughs> Ormeline, the the wizard lady, uh, she's just a Vulcan. We're talk- we're gonna talk about this a little later, but she's literally just Spock. Um, yes. And then Nim this, is the best character in this movie. He's fantastic. <laughs> I love this guy. I knew you would like Nim. <laughs> um, I this, Also, I was just going to say, there's a reason that Vulcans are my favorite. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Because I like elves. Um, um, Nim's introduced being stiffed on like a job that he's helping someone with. And so he lets his employers like pull a lever and get burned to death. And he's like, hmm, hmm, that suits them. I love this man. <laughs> he's also he's like short. He's like kind of dumpy. I love he's perfect. I love him so much. <laughs> <laughs> so they ne- go to a goblin village, but there's no goblins. Yes. And they do some investigating and the rogue disarms a trap. The, the rogue triggers the trap. Yes. <laughs> uh this is in the little hut, right? Yeah. So this bit, so this bit is like, I was watching this. I'm like, oh, this is just this is D and D and Star Trek are the same thing, um, <laughs> because they walk into this mysterious place and the the wizard immediately casts like detect magic at, at like you know oh I'm tricordering the space and then uh-huh. um, the the uh, the lady what's her the fighter she's a barbarian right she immediately starts barbarian, like yeah. pulling down the walls and like the bed like oh here's a trap door and it's like no 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 don't get redshirted. Uh, and then they have the thief go and disable it by doing some sort of like ridiculous contraption he throws up immediately. And I'm like, this is just a planet scene in TOS perfectly. <laughs> I should watch TOS. It's been a long time and I've only watched a couple episodes. Yeah. Um, which to its benefit, like uh, when I when I mentioned this, uh, Dia came into my mentions and was like, oh, yeah, if, if you read the early books before everyone started being inspired by Fellowship of the Ring, it felt extremely like everyone was trying to make fantasy Star Trek. Which mm. I could buy. The 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 Venn diagram on that is a just one circle. <laughs> I, <think. laughs> I do the, think there's a real tenor difference between a small party of like five people where everyone has like a very distinct role mm. and like like specialty versus the fellowship yeah. where you've got like four four hobbits and two men and they all kind of just swing swords. <laughs> yeah, um, I was going to say that. 
and I don't know how to explain this, but this is a very third edition D&D movie. Okay. Um, the way that they talk about the difference between arcane and divine magic and the way that they like allude to sort of the restrictions of their classes, like the, the barbarian be, being in danger of hurting allies potentially mm-hmm. or uh, of just making bad decisions. There's like a lot of writing in the third edition barbarian about that. Okay. And also this comes out at the height of third edition. Ah. Um, and for some reason, the, the, uh, dark mantles, the, the like ceiling squids, that is so perfectly third edition to me because they're just really good at grappling and they'll <laughs> drop down on your head and grapple you and start eating you. Um, and if you're not, if you're not careful, if you're not like aware of how the game is balanced, you can just wipe your first level party by accident by like tossing a cool critter at them. Oh, okay. Um, but also like the the monsters generally look bad, but the dragon is on model for Dungeons and Dragons TM Black Dragon TM. Uh, it's on That's like the co- cover of all the books and everything. Um, they, they do this cool little shenanigans with the, with the traps, and they go to find Malik's vault. Um, before we, before we, I do want to say, um, while I, I don't have any beef with the dragon, uh, the, the weird zombie guy they meet in the woods, he is (laughs) actually a terrible makeup. That guy sucks. Yeah. That is Clax the Maligned. Sure. (laughs) Who's a lich? Because, okay, so as far as I can tell, uh, what the fuck is her name? Oh, on Ormeline, Ovaltine. So Ovaltine cast lightning bolt at one uh-huh. point. And if you'll pardon my, you know, uh, my sort of dissertation here, lightning bolt is a third level spell, so she has to be at least fifth level, but. Teleport is a uh, fifth level spell, and she'd need to be like at least 10 or 11 to prepare more than one teleport in a day, unless she has the Jaunter prestige class. So either this uh, this wizard is kind of is cheating, or she's holding back a lot of firepower that mm. would have been very helpful, because you're not supposed to be fighting a lich at level five. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just—I've been thinking about this a lot since I watched this movie last night. Um, for some reason, she couldn't just but, dump all her points into teleport because when she's introduced, it's like it makes it sound like she's someone who like uses her magic to self-aggrandize and is not actually particularly good at doing stuff. Because mm-hmm. there's the bit on the boat where they're like rowing her and she like disguises something. It just feels like she's like a trickster mage, kind of. Doesn't really come yeah. up again. But that's the no, vibe that it, she's introduced with. She kind of loses that character trait for most of the movie. Yes. She's just a wizard. Yeah. Um, but they run into Clax the Maligned, a mm-hmm. lich, who kind of fucks with them a little bit. And um, oh, oh, okay. The the summary confused me because it just it's describing the lich and then it says after confronting a white dragon because yeah. there is a dragon fight 
yeah. and of course it's a white dragon because white dragons are the weakest type of dragons and so okay. that's like the the one that you'll start a party off with um but dorian our cleric gets just eaten instantly he he gets uh jurassic parked like he's hiding the thing looks at him it like knocks down the building on top of him um freezes him whatever it looks like he gets frost breathed right yeah white dragons have the fr- uh frost breath okay although um there's no reason for that cleric to be out there in the front like that he doesn't seem to be a war priest um, uh, he he, just, did, he, he is introduced like hammering a, a like stone so dramatically that people are like awed of his that's power. That's true. That's true. I forgot about that part. Um, uh, they lose him, and uh, Barak is like, "You guys don't have to come with me. I'm gonna do this, finish this quest alone." And everyone's like, "Nah, we're we're gonna be best friends forever." Um, there's also a lot of Lux and Nim bickering. They get most of the uh, dialogue for the char- the party kind of growing together, while um, the cleric and the wizard both just kind of sit out and the you know don't get to do anything. Um, they teleport. They find the the pool, and it has a fucked up guy staring out of it. They use it to teleport to Damodar's lair, but uh, they fuck it up, which is, in most cases, like, at the worst case scenario, like, a 7% chance that you'll fuck up a teleport and take a d10 of damage. Uh, I just bring that up because I I was thinking, that doesn't, that's not that much. Like, uh, that's like a sword. That's like one sword hit. But... Wizards in third edition could have as little as one hit point a level. So, oh, okay, yeah, because I was gonna say uh, Ormelin gets her arm phased into a rock and has to get it cut yes. off. Yes, <laughs> yes, which is uh, a thing that has happened in millions of D and D games. <laughs> okay, uh, getting teleported into a wall is a. Uh, I feel like it's very common. Uh, but they confront Damodar. And steal the orb, and they cut his arm off too. A lot of <laughs> arm cutting. Yeah. And they escape with that, and they make it back to the main town. But uh, one of the the wizards from the from the Senate is actually Clacks. And, uh, oh, wait, no, he takes him because he, he's in the bath. I forgot the bath scene. Yes. Uh, he kills him and impersonates him. Yeah. Uh, and steals the orb back. Yeah. And so everybody has to leave again to go get the orb. And this, I believe, is when they start dying. Because the barbarian dies in the field. I don't remember. Mm, I, I thought I, I I thought the only ones who died are the ones who were injured. The uh, Nim no, and right. Yeah, Lux doesn't doesn't die. No. There was also a bit um, where um, uh, Demodar gets his arm regrown, and it's really sick. It's a very cool, it is. very cheap looking special effect. <laughs> he get he has uh, 
He has those fan favorite characters, Lizard Shaman number one, Lizard Shaman number two, and Lizard Shaman number three there to uh, cast their dark healing. Um, so Damodar uses the orb to wake up the evil dragon. The dragon destroys the orb and gets all his power back out of it. Uh, Damodar says, all I want is to watch you kill everybody I hate. And um, the dragon Falajur um, says, yeah, cool, but also you need to give me a hundred human heads every month. And Damodar's like, yeah, I can do that. So uh, Melora becomes a cleric of Obadhai, the the nature god, which is also the god that the the first cleric was following. Um, and he gives her a new orb and she defeats the dragon and seals him away. And Clax just kind of pieces out because he never really wanted to stick around with uh, Damodar. And they put Damodar in prison. <laughs> I'm sure that's going to work great. <laughs> I hope he's in, I hope he's in the third movie. <laughs> he will not be. Oh, damn. Why not? Uh, because the next movie is a British film, I believe. So? How dare they? <laughs> uh... I believe Bruce Payne is done with D&D at this point. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons 3, The Book of Vile Darkness, uh, has is like a direct another direct-to-DVD British dark fantasy adventure film, it says. God. Shot in Bulgaria. Oh, it also premiered on sci-fi. They love to do this, apparently. Uh, how did you feel about this grand adventure we've gone on with orbs and dragons and dungeons? Uh, it's weird because, like, it sets up the stakes really clearly. Like, oh, we got to save the city by getting stuff, whatever. It's a fancy thing. Getting mm-hmm. stuff. I'm not invested. I understand that, that this is true. Um, but then it does basically zero character work on anybody in terms of, like, desires <laughs> other than uh, um, the main guy's wife. Um, yes. Who, who clearly wants a thing that is beyond the scope of the film and is suffering because of her desire to get it, right? Like, she she delved too greedily into the magics and is paying the price. And by that, I mean she has a really sick, like, cracked skin makeup effect. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think she looks really cool when she's, like, half dead. Um, but, be, but despite that, uh, because it's, like, you know, it's, like, 100 minutes, and it's mostly, like, people uh, disarming traps and stuff, and there's enough characters, and they're not too quippy. I mostly thought it was, like, pretty pleasant. There's a bit... There's a bit that's like it's the most jokey the movie gets, but I think I think it earns it by it being the only scene where they're going across the the fucking Resident Evil laser grid, basically. Um, yes. And the wizard pulls out like a little like clay dove and turns it into a real dove. And it goes, <laughs> this is my friend since I was a child and like lets it loose across the laser grid. And then the dove immediately gets smoked, just like hit with lightning, collapsed and the, the, <laughs> And the, the the rogue just makes fun of her, and I was like, "This is perfect. I love this little man. He sucks." I have I have seen this happen with familiars <laughs> in D and D games. 
Yeah, and then they solve like a weird Indiana Jones puzzle. They have to walk. They have to look at a mirror reflecting the path because it, the mirror shows the safe tiles. I'm like, this is sick. I love when this happens in anything. Um, yeah. That stuff's all very pleasant to me. So I don't really mind that the movie is like a cheap made for TV nothing because uh, it's mm-hmm. like a totally watchable. There's a there's a there's a joy to watching a movie that has very limited potential and manages to meet it despite all of that. I don't know. It's like, I'm like, yeah, see, D tier movies are fun sometimes. Yeah, it helps that when a movie is not like unaware of what kind of movie it is. Yes. Uh, yeah, this this was fun. It had, got me thinking about uh, older D&D stuff again. Uh, I have not done much stuff with D&D that is dungeony, actually. So... Uh, what do you, outside what do you, of like the video games. Isn't that what D&D does? I don't actually, I've never played D&D. I've played maybe three tabletop games in my entire life and none of them are <laughs> D&D. Uh, I mean, the group that I play with is not a dungeon heavy group. We'll okay. do like arcs and encounters and like have set, I guess like set pieces, but we don't typically have like a grid or like. I was like doesn't a, even, doesn't D&D thing. have like grids and like radiuses and stuff? Like, yeah, like we'll, We'll draw maps, or more recently, uh, my GM has gotten into those foam building blocks that you have for children, and he'll just, like, make a room or two out of, like, those with, like, Mm. the arches and the domes and stuff, or he'll draw on the grid and, like, just make the map there. Yeah. Um, He just, like, cobbles together a bunch of different stuff rather than, like, having just a, like, graph paper. Mm Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, this this is fun. It's better than the last one, and I'm I don't have the greatest uh, impression of the third one based on the the movie poster. I'm looking at it, and it's just like grim, grim, dark, grim. Yes. <laughs> uh, the Book of Vile Darkness is a sort of infamous splat book that is just for like you want to do fucked up shit. In your D&D game, here's some really fucked up shit. It's so evil. Okay. What if you had sex? And it was <laughs> evil. Uh, like, yeah, th- this is this is like a movie for children, this one. You could easily uh-huh. show this to a child and they'd be fine. Um, and that's fine. Like, you know, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Um, and then after that, we'll be watching... The Chris Pine D and D movie, which I'm actually pretty excited for. I've heard nothing I might, but good things. I, I might actually have to check because yeah, people said that one was good, and I like this one. If I was like, yeah, I, I could watch a movie that's like just people doing stuff, that's like an adventure, that's not a Marvel cinematic anything, you know? Yet, <laughs> <laughs> look, I won't watch a sequel, but I'll just watch one movie and be like, that was fine. Yeah. I mean, I'm not coming you on know. for these. I, this was a one time. I know you mm. got a bunch of other guests lined up, but uh, I was happy to pull this one because I was like, yeah, this, I had a much better time than I was expecting. Yeah, I'm also glad that you got this one because I wouldn't <laughs> want to subject you to like something real bad unless it was really funny. Uh, my, in my brain, I was like, didn't Uwe Boll do one of these? But I guess not. For some reason, I thought he did. No, he did. Um... House of the Dead. Yeah, no, I've seen. I've unfortunately, I've seen House of the Dead. That's the one movie <laughs> bowl movie I'd seen. Oh, the, also Alone in the Dark, right? Yes. 
I have not seen Alone in the Dark. I think, oh, I mis- I conflated in the name of the king, the Dungeon Siege movie with Drag- Dungeon Dragons. I see how this happens. I don't know what that is. He did a movie called In the Name of the King, a Dungeon Siege tale based on the Dungeon Siege video games, which are action role playing games for PC. The first one was in 2002. Oh, I, I'm, I don't even know about Dungeon Siege. It wow. sounds from the name. It sounds like something I would know about, but <laughs> it does. I'm looking at a screenshot. I was like, this seems like a game Nora would have played like 60 hours of. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, we I I asked for questions and I got one. You got one. All right. Uh, it's not really about this movie. Oh, but six asks, "What's your favorite Wizards of the Coast scandal?" Um, I don't know anything about Wizards of the Coast enough to answer this. I I gotta go with the Pinkertons. Have you oh heard fuck yes, story? no, I have heard about the Pinkertons. <laughs> right, I forgot that. So, Wizards of the Coast is, is are these are the D and D people? They're the D and D people, the Magic the also, Gathering people. I was going to say they're also the Magic the Gathering people. Let someone else have a turn. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, they're did, a lot of. Were, stuff. They, were they always the same company? Has it always been? No. Okay. D and D originally was TSR, which was acquired by Wizards, I believe. Okay, this makes more sense. And I couldn't tell you about Magic the Gathering at all. I that one might have always been Wizards of the Coast. I'm not really okay. sure. Um, every once in a while, I'll like get a YouTube video in my Rex about like here's a fucked up thing that the Magic economy did because Wizards of the Coast are the most evil company on earth. Um, and it sounds bad out there. People should just play their fucking card yeah. game. <laughs> Unfortunately, they're very much incentivized to not do that and mortgage their house to buy cards. Yeah, that's that's. That's card games, as far yeah. as I can tell. Uh, yeah, I've never gotten into one, so I'm I'm free of this curse, apparently. Thankfully, I had some a good time with some digital card games, uh, like the League of Legends one. I had a good time with, but oh, I I don't know anything about League of Legends. Would you like to? <laughs> some might say that I've uh, <laughs> learned a couple things about League of Legends and have since forgotten them. <laughs> Well, I don't know that I have all that much more to say about uh, Dungeons and Dragons Wrath of the Dragon God. No, I I wouldn't say like, oh, people should watch this one, but I've seen worse. <laughs> uh, yeah, if if you if it's on, you don't have to turn it off. <laughs> yeah. If for some reason this is playing near you. Uh, it reminded the thing it reminded me of and I've never watched the show because I, I, I was like oh this is gonna be cool and then I we watched the first episode and I was like this is boring uh the Mortal Kombat TV show um, oh I never saw that no I so I like I you know I was young in the 90s and I was like oh Mortal Kombat's cool I saw the Mortal Kombat movie I was like that's sick as hell they're gonna make a TV show that's great and it was just a bunch of like guys in the forest and none of them were like characters I cared about there was no Scorpion wasn't there right mm. There might have been a Kung Lao, but I've never cared about Kung Lao. Um, uh-huh. And uh, this is what that movie reminded me of. Just like low budget. And this is probably true of like Xena or like Hercules, right? Just the style of like made for TV, swords and sandals, sci-fi adventure stuff. Yeah, I love that shit. Yeah. Uh, there's the movie called Outlander, I think. That is okay. a like sci-fi reimagining of Beowulf. Um, huh. 
with comparable, I would say, comparable CG to this film uh, that I thought was... 2008. Uh-huh. All right. it also oh, it's got Jim Caviezel. It's also got Ron Perlman in it. Uh, that that sounds pretty sick. Um, this poster looks very not sci-fi. <laughs> this is a guy, there's a person with a sword on the middle. Of, it's a very small uh-huh. poster, but. Well, thanks for stopping by. And, yeah. Uh, uh, experiencing a little bit of an adventure here with me. It was uh, nice. We'll be back next week with the Book of Vile Darkness. Uh, I should have a sign off for the D and D season, but I don't have one. Uh, you know, D and D joke. Roll them if you got them. Roll, roll them if you got them. <laughs> Thank you